Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us for Culture Proof Live. It's Tuesday and it's 8.15 Central. That means it is time for Culture Proof Live. Um, Man, so I just want to say right off the bat, we have a topic that we want to discuss tonight that is not like a fun topic. Like it's not something that you would, you know, look forward to talking about. But one of our listeners sent us a, a, a clip um, a few weeks back and asked us to take a look at it. And we did. And then there's also some current event news that I felt like kind of, um, coupled with this clip that was sent to us. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, let's just go ahead and maybe let's plan our culture proof live around this discussion. I've been looking at it for a while, um, pulling some other clips that we could kind of have a conversation around tonight. And so we're going to do that. Um, but before we do that, I want to say mm-hmm. a huge, huge thank you to our premier sponsor. I hope that you saw our Facebook post. If you are following our page yes. on Facebook, BJU press homeschool guys, listen, <laughs> Oh, man, got to give it up. That <laughs> Some people can't have buttons. I know, man. Some people just cannot have buttons. We are so... Th- <laughs> All right, I'm done. Don't touch that button again. Don't, don't. I'm, I'm done. I'm don't done. press one more button. I'm done. Okay. Actually, it's kind but of right fun. Now. Though. I was gonna say I don't want I don't want to like stifle your creativity. I feel like there may be some really good buttons over there. Um, anyway, no, I just want to say a huge thank you to BJU yeah. Press Homeschool. Man, we visited um, BJU Press Homeschool back in February. If you saw the post, it, I'm not going to tell you anything new. Um, only thing you'll get to hear is like tone of voice, right? But we were invited to visit back in February, and as we were touring and we we're sitting in on some presentations about. Um, biblical worldview, how important it was, and the great lengths that they went to to make sure that biblical worldview was woven into the curriculum at every level, not just level one, where it's like, okay, we're doing secular education, but then we got a Bible verse that we smack on it. And, you know, (laughs) and so we had been thinking and talking um, Mm. even before making this visit that we're like, man, there's, we just felt like there was something that was out there for our kids and to meet our needs. And we wanted a combination between online and parent led education. We wanted somebody who was going to like work with us, but we didn't want them to like take over. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So we didn't want to, um, anyway, we didn't want to join an official co-op where it became like a school type thing, but we did want assistance. And so, man, when we traveled to BJU press homeschool, we were just kind of like, man, we were like, okay, this is it. We're in. And praise the Lord. We didn't know that several months later, um, BJU Press would be the premier sponsor yes. of the Culture Proof podcast. Awesome. And guys, listen, we are super excited. OK, right. I mean, That's like right. to have people um, really support and believe in the work that you're doing um, enough to put their name on it and say, hey, go and keep doing that. Uh, it means a lot. So yes. you guys, if you are interested in homeschool curriculum, if you've been maybe praying about what you're going to switch to, I want to encourage you to check out our friends. And I mean that sincerely. Check out our friends at BJU Press Homeschool. You're going to be glad that you did. It is what we are using for our kids. And we love it. Now, if you talk to any of them and they don't love it, it's because it's school period. All right, guys. So let's get into content here tonight. You know, whenever you guys join us and we do a live, we want to have a discussion that is going to be fruitful. That's going to benefit the kingdom of God. Of course, we want to laugh and want to enjoy this time, but also want to take advantage of what it is to join together as members of the Lord's bride and just kind of talk about maybe what's going on in the culture and then how we respond to that. You know, mm-hmm. from time to time, we bring, bring on guests and things like that. 
But I got this, um, I think it was a Facebook message from one of our listeners. Mm -hmm. And I can't even remember sort of like the context of the message. It may have been something to the effect of, have you seen this? Um, are you guys going to talk about any of this? What are your thoughts on these people? And it is uh, Tim Mackey from the Bible Project, right? And full disclosure, man, several years ago, I stumbled upon the Bible Project. Like, I don't think that anybody introduced me to it. I think it was one of those things that, you know, maybe YouTube probably recommended it. And uh, and when I say years ago, I mean, like, years ago, JD's in the room, um, man, you guys were younger when we started watching the Bible Project. Like, I, I feel like um, way preteen. And, um, one of the things that I thought was cool was that you would get sort of like these, you know, animated summaries of a Bible, um, a book of the Bible. Mm -hmm. But I took for granted that, you know, we're actually reading through the Bible. And so we are able to say, well, you know, we think that that's a little bit kind of like taking some liberty or something like that, you know, not to just like commend people to our kids. We were able to watch it together and discuss it and say, mm, I don't like that. Um, but over the years, people have commented that the Bible project has gotten kind of, um, maybe more and more woke, I guess is how you would describe it. Yeah. Like just a lot of the ways that, uh, content is being presented. It seems to have this lens of like, um, social justice and creating, mm. um, more of a, I don't know, inviting world here. Like what are the things that we can do? And almost sort of yeah. only painting Jesus as one who came to give us a better existence, right? Like to not really speak so much of sin as rebellion against God, although that is stated, but it's more like the things we do against one another. Mm. And if we could just stop doing those things, if we could, you know, turn to Christ and then he will make us better and we will do better and we will create a better world. Um, those things I've, you know, kind of just, you kind of just lose your taste for it, but I didn't think that I needed to do like a expose, right? Yeah, yeah. And so recently somebody sent us this video. We're going to play it for you and then we're going to talk about it. And the question that we're asking tonight is, should I expect to be in heaven if I don't believe in hell? Now, I want to be careful with even that title, right? Even that question because when you ask that question, you are making some presumptions. Like you you are presuming to be able to just say this person's going to be in heaven and that person's going to be in, in heaven. And that is the prerogative of God. And, mm. and amen. You know, yeah. like you don't want to go beyond um, where you are able to go. You, you want to be fruit inspectors. You want to know what the Bible says about eternal life and who inherits eternal life um, based on what is required right? Mm -hmm. To be reconciled to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, those are things that are factual that we can state. But I think to say, finally, this person is here. Um, I think we have to be very careful about that. And I don't mean that to sound mushy. I just mean that um, out of reverence for the holiness of God, yeah. that the Lord alone makes that decision, you That's know? Right. So, That's right. um, but here is a clip that we were sent and, um, this is Tim Mackey, and he's talking about hell. And and we're just going to play the clip and kind of come out and talk about it. Um, and then get your comments. We'll put your comments up on the screen. We'll reread those comments for the sake of those who will listen to this podcast later. But there's some things that are expressed here that are problematic that you probably don't need us to tell you about. Um, you can just hear it. Will the Great, do you want to get that up for us? If you look at the first sentence of the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God made heavens and 
What does it not say? It doesn't say, in the beginning, God made heaven and earth and hell. God didn't make, whatever hell is, God didn't make it. It's nowhere to be found on page one of your Bible, right? What God made is heaven and earth, and what does God think about it? It's it's very good. It's very good. So whatever hell is, it comes into the story later. And if you're familiar with the story, how it works, hell or evil or sin, various names that it's called in the Bible, is something that humans have created by our decision to seize autonomy from God. Now, how do I know that hell is an appropriate word to talk about this? Jesus' brother, Jesus' brother wrote a letter that's in in your Bible, right? It's called the letter of James. It's very interesting. And Jesus' brother, who he hung out with Jesus a lot, I'm bound to trust the man when he says he's representing the teachings of Jesus. James talks about, the in chapter 3, he talks about the power of the, the tongue and how the human tongue has the power to, to bless and praise God, the creator, but at the same time, the human tongue has the ability to gossip about people and to tear down their character and to speak ill and poorly of them. And James says this, it's flabbergasting. He says, when humans do that with their tongues, he says their tongues are lit on fire by hell. Are you with me? Now, what are the implications of that? The implications that hell isn't just something about like the end of the game. Hell is a reality that is present now. It's a reality that humans unleash on each other Hmm. and on God's good world to ruin and destroy relationships and to destroy people. Let's just pause there for a second. So before we let it go on too long here, I I just want to... I want to call into question mm-hmm. even just like his 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 starting premise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't read about hell on the first page of the Bible. Okay, so <laughs> if we apply that as sort of like our defense for what is, okay, there are many things that we know are that we don't read on the first page of the Bible. So on the first page of the Bible, we don't read anything about demons. We don't read, well, I say demons. We don't read anything about angels, although the late Michael Heiser would argue that we <laughs> do, that in the beginning when we read, let us Michael Heiser would argue that this is the unseen realm and that this includes those angelic hosts of heaven. Now, that is not something that would have long been accepted. Um, it would have been believed that Elohim would have been the triune God, right. God the Father, God right. the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Okay, um, so putting that aside, I only say that because there are going to be people who are going to say, well... In the unseen <laughs> realm, and I'm familiar. We before his passing, uh, we interviewed uh, Dr. Michael Heiser. I want to say Couple at least times, three, huh? two or three times. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, it seems like every time he had a book come out. <laughs> anyway, um, so so I want to say that, but but the problem that I'm having with what Tim Mackey is doing here is that he is trying to say that hell is not an actual place. And it okay? seems like that's the move usually. Yes, to say that you know. Uh, hell is not an actual place. And that's what it sounds like he's saying, but this is the Bible project dude, right? Yes. And so he was, <laughs> yes. and, and, and I've watched, you know, his videos, their, their videos and, and, and seen different things, but it does sound like he's trying to 
shape it to where it's not an actual place. Yeah, absolutely. He's trying to shape it as if something that that is something that we do, mm-hmm. right? That and 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 specifically, it's his um, it's his uh, sentence or his phrase or his his line. Whatever hell is, God didn't make it. Okay, and when you say something like that then you are directly contradicting what the Lord said in Matthew. For example, Matthew chapter 25, and I'm just going to read verse 41, just kind of as we're going through, and then we'll go back to Tim Mackey's clip here. But um, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, uh, where Jesus is talking about the judgment where those who are wicked, those who are not the Lord's are separated, right? And then those who are the Lord's are on one side. And, And so in verse 41, we read this, then he will also say to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. So, you know, I'm not Tim Mackey. I am not a Bible scholar, but I do read it. And when I see the ro- the word prepared, I think that it is something that is made. Right. So I don't know what you would <laughs> do with that. Um, except that you want there not to be a place that would indicate a place of torment and judgment. And that's the big rub for me on that. Like when you yeah. start to say, well, it's not a real place, right? It's it's something that we do to people, right? We are living through, um, and excuse this expression because I, I, I don't think that it is, um, well, living through H-E double hockey sticks, right? I, I actually think that it's vulgar to use to use the word hell in that way. Right. But there are people who will, who will say that will say we're living through that, or that's what we're going through now. And as you'll hear, um, throughout the rest of the live, um, this is what we hear coming from people like Carlton Pearson, who is in the news right now because he's in the final stages of battling cancer and man, he departed from the faith and it began with the question of hell, Mm -hmm, whether or not mm -hmm. hell is a real place and people will be there. Now I was looking at this question because this is something that, that does come up. Um, I think as Cassandra said, isn't hell the grave? As I understand it, the lake of fire is where the children of disobedience go when all is said and done. So hell is one of those words where it has, um, we say hell, but it has different um, meanings. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Sheol, you know, that's the grave. You have Hades, you have, Guyana, mm-hmm. or Guyana, yeah, um, and there may be a couple more, and so a lot of the references of hell, especially in the Old Testament, are the grave, Sheol, mm-hmm. you know. But you can't get away from Guyana, mm-hmm. which talks about a place of torment, mm-hmm. and you see that also in the scriptures, uh, Peter and Hades as well, yeah, and Hades as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Jesus speaks of it, you know, as uh, Paul yeah. um, is in Revelation. And so the thing is, yes, uh, one definition of hell is the grave, Sheol, but there's also a place of torment as well Yes, uh, that we call hell. In, in English, you know, we, we use hell for all of them, you know, mm-hmm, right. but there are different words, um, and different meanings, you know, concerning hell. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's important for us to recognize that if we begin to negotiate away um, the meaning of the place hell, 
Right now, mm-hmm. I will say this because I even saw, and we're going to continue through the clips because we'll be here all night if we if we don't um, move expeditiously, right? But I even saw a clip of Frank Turek, whom I respect immensely, talking about whether or not that it could be debatable that hell is an actual place as we have historically understood it to be described, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the examples that Frank Turek uses um, is that he says he says. If, if hell is described as a place of darkness, right, like that there is darkness there, but also a lake of fire, he would say that those two things are incompatible, that you can't have darkness and also have the lake of fire. So in other words, but what, what Frank Turek does, and I think this is very important, is that he says, but what you can't get away from, even though you can debate what what this place of torment will be like, Mm -hmm. or if it's going to be a literal lake of fire, or if it's going to be literal, actual darkness, although the Bible repeatedly describes hell as a place of darkness. We've got the scriptural references here Mm -hmm. that we have to talk about. One of the things that Frank Turek does that I think is important that Tim Mackey doesn't do, and we're going to get back into the clip here, is that he says that whatever it is designed to be, and, and there can be debate around that, it is absolutely a place of judgment. It is absolutely yeah. a place that one is separated from God because of one's refusal to come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so then there is judgment for that. There is eternal torment and separation from God. I'm fine with questioning mm-hmm. what that will all look like and feeling like maybe there's some you know, area for debate there, yeah. but to dismiss it completely as a place of judgment and to say it is what we do to each other here and now, I think is to be biblically dishonest. And so uh, I'm looking at Miss right here. In uh, the simplest meaning of hell isn't it separation from God. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that's a huge part of it. It's separation from God, but there's also a place of, it's a place of torment, you yeah. know, as well. And I think uh, going back to Cassandra, you know, uh, revelation 20 verse 14 it talks about then uh, death and Hades are thrown into the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. This is the second death, uh, uh, the lake of fire. And if uh, anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Yeah. And so, yes, uh, it does. Hell does mean the grave uh, as well. But also we see a place of torment that this place with Hades will be thrown into yes. the lake of fire. Yes. It's not, it's not. And I think what people need to understand is that it is not just separation from God. And I, and I want to be, um, you know, I, I want to be careful here because I think some people can think that, um, okay, we'll be separated from God. And there's almost been like this picture, this kind of, um, I don't want to call it a fairy tale, but this made up understanding that Satan is the king of hell, right? right? Like that there's some like, okay, yeah, so so God is not here and we all just do what we want. And it's like a, it's like a party of rebellion. Mm. But the Bible doesn't leave us any space for that, that it is just being separated from God where he leaves you to do your thing in unrighteousness. And those who love him and want him as the Lord and ruler um, go to be with him. The Bible doesn't leave that as an option because the Bible describes not only that there is a place of separation, but what that place of separation will be 
light, that there will be darkness. You read about this in Matthew chapter eight, verse 12 and verse uh, chapter 22 and verse 13. Um, you read that also there will be gnashing of teeth, mm -hmm. which describes like a writhing pain that there is torment there, right? That there's also fire there and the gnashing of teeth, Matthew chapter eight, verse 12, uh, chapter 13, verses 41 through 43. Um, so what I'm saying is there is not the space that is left to make hell merely separation from God. Although I want to say that would be enough like that. It would be enough to be separated from the true and living God for eternity. Like, yes, that would be enough, mm -hmm. but the Bible doesn't stop there as mere separation from God. And, and, Forgive me if the use of the word mirror is because offensive. That's, that's, I mean, that's it's huge. Big. That's, it's huge. But I think it know? allows people the the ability to think, oh, I just won't be with them. Right. And like, I'm fine with that because I don't believe that he exists. And, and whatever else <laughs> might be their reason for not caring. I'm just, right. I say that so that people will understand it's not what we have come to think. But yeah, I do want to nah. respect that's to right. the Lord God, not to say merely as if like, well, that's all that it is. I right. think. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Let's, should we continue with Tim Mackey or is there another comment that we want to? No, we can continue. Okay. Hell is something that we have created on earth and God hates hell. And he, the story of the Bible is a story about God wanting to heal his world and get the hell out of earth. Are you with me? That's the story of the Bible. It's God hates hell. Because what it, hell is about the unleashing of selfishness and evil and the breakdown and the degrading of dignified, <coughs> image-bearing human beings. That's what hell is. And just, it, it, the book of Genesis tells the story of Genesis chapters 3 through 11, known as the story of the, the fall. But that's what's happening. It's humans unleashing hell on earth. And God hates it because he loves his good world. And he loves okay, let's just pause for a second. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm, I was trying to let Tim go here. <laughs> um, but it's that's not all that there is that we see in the opening pages of the Bible. We see that there is one who opens a door to this rebellion against God. It is not just humans all of a sudden deciding to unleash, as he calls it, hell on one another. That mm. is, That's not what we find. We actually find something already in rebellion against God that then tempts God's good creation to rebel as well. Mm. So if you don't start with that, that there is, there is a rebellion that has already taken place. Okay. Like I just, it bothers, let me tell you why this bothers me so Did he much. Did say we created hell? Yes. Well, he's, he, he says that we create hell we by create the way hell. we treat one another. And, and then he kind of makes the opening pages of the Bible, the, the genesis of the hell that we create. Okay. Mm. No, sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, we rebelled and we brought judgment. We brought systemic sin. Okay. So, <laughs> so yes. And amen to is. that. And Lord, thank you so much for Jesus Christ, right? The lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world, like mm. glory to God. But this is not, you, you minimize the rebellion that happened that we are not aware of as we read Genesis 1, but when you read the entirety of God's word, you learn very quickly, wait a minute, there is an enemy of man. Mm. The, there is an enemy of man. It, it's not just Adam and Eve going along and then all of a sudden, 
Adam and Eve spring forth this hell <laughs> right. within themselves. No, there is an enemy. And why is this important? This is important because we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. Come on. So when Tim Mackey refuses to acknowledge that we have a common enemy, and it's not just me and you fighting against each other. Mm -hmm. It's not that I want to lie to you. Why do I want to lie to you? What is it that has come to life in me, okay, that has now caused me to do those things that are the opposite of the Imago Dei, the opposite of the image bearer that I'm supposed to be? Well, the enemy of your soul, Satan, mm -hmm. the one for whom hell was prepared, okay, right, right. that has enlarged itself because there are those who will be there because mm -hmm. they have joined in his rebellion. Like, this, this is all very systematic, and you would think that a theologian, you would think that, you know, a doctor of, like, the Greek and the Hebrew would be able to understand this, and the fact that he just ignores it is very troubling to me. God is good even in his judgment. Think about it. While the people in the lake of fire were alive, they wanted no part of God. So God makes sure that they won't have any part of him. Yeah. That's Herb. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. This is, this is the final sort of man is turned over to himself, right? This is, this is what this is. And in addition to that, it is a place of tor torment and eternal judgment. And you're going to see, we're going to hear from, um, Carlton Pearson. And one of the things that caused him to go off the rails, which I think is probably too soft, um, but to become a heretic, right. To yeah. begin teaching heresy was that he couldn't, he couldn't reconcile the eternal judgment of God with what he saw as the, the moral character of God, that God is loving. So how can God eternally judge? Like, how do you have this place of torment that is never ending? I wouldn't, there's many things, there are many things that we can say about that. But right off the bat, the first thing is, it shows that man has no understanding of the severity of sin. Mm. So, so you think that what you have done in your offense against a holy and righteous God is so small that you couldn't possibly need to suffer for that forever. Like it's so think about it. If the judgment for the rebellion of Satan and his angels is eternal destruction and those who choose to go after him. Okay. And his cohort of fallen angels, if it is eternal destruction, then it also gives us an indication of the severity of sin and rebellion mm. against mm. God. Rather than us try to soften the effects of sin or to say God is not that offended by sin, maybe we should understand that severity. Maybe we should say, wait a minute, hold up. That's That's got to be a big deal, right? Yeah. Rather than try to make God like us. Yeah. He, he should take it easy. Okay, back to Tim Mackey. Here we go image. That's what the story of the Bible is. And Jesus comes onto the scene announcing good news. The time has come and heaven is here to invade earth and to confront evil. And just start reading through the gospel of Mark and what will you see Jesus doing? You will see him confronting hell and its disastrous effects on human beings. And it takes the form of him casting evil, personal spiritual evil, out of people. Pause. It, it Pause. Has to do with Hold Jesus on. Confronting. Pause. Okay. Listen, I'm sorry <laughs> because again, guys, we have to be discerning. Okay. Now look, somebody sent me this. Y'all wanted us to address it. Okay. 
So you've got Tim Mackey saying that part of the way that God addresses evil and he addresses hell in the world is by addressing people's personal. And then he says, casting out people's personal evil. No, no, that's not what Jesus <laughs> is doing. He's not casting out people's oh, personal boy. evil unless your personal evil is called legion. No, he's <laughs> casting out demons. He is casting out this sin and this rebellion that is manifested through these demonic entities that have possessed people and are wreaking havoc on God's good earth. That is what God... So like... so. So when you, when you try to separate that from the story though, and you say what Jesus goes through and is doing on the earth is dealing with the hell in people. See, it's, it's our own brokenness, but then you don't address why we are broken. The ultimate problem with that position is you don't get to repentance. You, you don't get to your need for a savior. You get to touch on the goodness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You get to touch on the mercy of Jesus, right? And and this 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 divine human savior, but you don't tell people about the thing from which they are saved, right? You don't you don't so it's like you want to tell people good news but you don't tell them the bad news. Or if you tell them the bad news, the bad news is something that they are causing and that Jesus wants to show them how to stop causing it. So just follow Jesus. He wants to show you how to stop doing evil. Okay, like, mm. no, actually, Jesus wants to reconcile you to God through the sacrifice of himself. He wants to bring you back into a relationship that was broken, broken from the beginning, was broken. Okay, or I should say in the beginning was broken. He wants to bring you back into relationship. And how, how, is, how is he doing that? By laying down his own life, by, by giving his life, shedding his blood. Okay, for the forgiveness of your sin. All right, I think he's almost done here, but let's just in case. The breakdown of human relationships. Go, go to the Gospel of Matthew and listen to how Jesus talks about hell. And here's, here's the context in which Jesus mentions hell. Jesus hates hell. And he hates what hell does to human beings. And he hates where it leads human beings on a path. So Jesus... So here's something we can all agree on, and Jesus would agree with us. We can all agree that the sexual abuse <laughs> of children for money is wrong, and that it's, it's a plague, it's a hellfire plague on our world. We give it a more comfortable name called sex trafficking to like, not think about what the reality is. We hate it. We want it gone from our world. God also hates sex trafficking. Jesus hates sex trafficking, but he actually, he actually takes it more seriously than we do. Because see, we want to get rid of sex trafficking. Jesus wants to get rid of lust from, from his world. Yes. Right? He talks mm -hmm. about the root, the root desire to use another human being for my personal gratification. Jesus is more serious than we are about evil in our world. See, we look out at our world and we, we see the ravage of racism and, and genocide that has resulted in recent history. We want that gone from our world. Jesus also wants that out of his world, but he's even more serious about it than we are, right? Because he doesn't want to just get rid of racism, right, and genocide. He wants to get rid of pride and contempt and rage from yes. the human heart. Mm -hmm. You with me? 
So what are genocide and sex trafficking? They're raging hellfires destroying our world, but they're ignited by these small sparks of these deep rooted distortions in the human heart. Okay, and but mind. Can, can we pause? Okay, but, but why does hell have the imagery and the significance that it does when we talk about a raging hellfire? So in order for this to be a metaphor, it has to have a, an actual or literal reference that we can draw from. Okay. So if, if I, if I say, um, man, if, if I say, oh my goodness, she's like, she's like a, like a, a bean pole, right? There has to be an actual bean pole that I can have a point of reference for mentally that would say, okay, tall and thin, like, oh goodness, a bean pole. Cause mm -hmm. there's a real bean pole. So if I talk about the hellfire of the tongue, then then why does that have any significance except that there is actually a reference, a point of reference right. that we can go back to that allows for that to have a meaning? Now, now look, that's 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 just literary design. Come on, Tim Mackey. <laughs> like that's that that's very basic here, right? But when we don't want hell to be an actual place because it signifies judgment. Because it reminds us of the holiness of God. Like, and, and can I say, man, man. we, go ahead, you're, you're going to. No, I'm just thinking, it just seems like we're always trying to clean up God's, uh, you his know, image, his image, you know, like his wrath is, is his wrath. His Amen. Judgment is his judgment. That's Amen. Aside, that's a part of God, you know, but it seems like when we have these type of discussions, you know, with him and others, it's like. Man, trying to clean up his image yes. to make make him more palatable. Oh, that's not how he is. You know, this is not what hell really is. It's not really a place. Like, and we can't just let it be what it is. No, because and 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 I'm gonna say this too. We don't have a reverence for God. We don't. We don't have a reverence for the holiness of God. And you know, I think there's a problem whenever you find people. And man, I'm looking at the time here. We may need to move on to Carlton Pearson. Oh, had, yeah. Um, but let me say this before we move on. Whenever you have people who have a problem with hell and they cannot understand what they read about hell in scripture, um, both as the judgment of God, as the, the, the literal and final um, judgment of God on sin and rebellion in all of its forms and manifestations, it's because man begins with himself. Hmm. So like, I just can't see how I could be in this. I can't see how um, God would want to do that to me. But when you understand that God is judging rebellion from the, the fall mm -hmm. of the rebellion in heaven, right? The rebellion that happened in a realm that we cannot see, then it makes it easier. And I'm not saying maybe not for all people, but it makes it easier to understand what we're reading in scripture. You don't start by putting yourself in. Right. You start with who God is and you start with what God reveals to us about his character and about his nature and that he's holy. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. You're right. You're right. And I, I think, you know, we we do it a, a disservice when we try to make God's image look, look like we desire for it to look so that people can, uh, I guess, receive him. You mm -hmm. know, uh, maybe the thinking is we we made God too harsh, <laughs> you know, but the Bible says what the Bible says. And, and many, uh, in many places, it talks about a literal place of torment that is hell. When we resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, we remain culture proof. Oh, man. And we need to be. Mm. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless. Yeah.